So, as we await the arrival of God's gift to the world, this Advent is unlike any other in our lifetimes. I think we're facing a dangerous moment in our public life that won't be easily resolved. I'm not referring especially to the hostile partisanship or the politicized pandemic, although those are dangerous enough. I'm referring to something that sits just above these matters in our hierarchy of concern involving a generally agreed upon moral framework in which the pursuit of truth deserves our highest regard. That healthy common life is dependent upon our willingness to humbly submit our opinions and beliefs to an interrogation of truth. And that companion virtues like honesty and integrity Compassion and courage form the strong spine of a person's and a nation's character. This commitment doesn't predict we'll eventually all agree on things like uh, politics and public policy or, or really anything else for that matter. But it does provide the sustaining moral superstructure for the sake of the common good. Sincere Christian faith helps us here in establishing parameters of right and wrong, better and worse, forged on the anvil of love and justice. And that also lie behind Lincoln's famous dictum to listen to the better angels of our nature. Have we lost this common commitment as a first principle, do you think? Do we hold ourselves accountable to these higher values? Is it talked about within your various associations as an important matter? Any organization of which we're a part, be it a friendship or marriage, school or community group, up to and including citizen of a nation, all of these are the sum of what each of us values most. Now, I know well enough through personal trial and error that we live in a morally compromised world. We are regularly left to making choices by the seat of our pants in very questionable circumstances. That's very true. There is no such thing as moral purity beyond a lofty ideal, and even then, discerning the better, nobler way is often searingly difficult when choosing among several bad options. It's hard work, relying on a commitment to what is true, as best we can understand the true. Whenever I'm speaking with someone who has chosen badly, there's a tendency for a quick rationalization that sounds something like this. I didn't behave like myself. It, it wasn't me. In response, I might quietly ask, well, who do you suppose it was that made the choice then? Meaning their logic is a bit faulty. Since they actually did engage the behavior, that must necessarily be an aspect of themselves. The spiritual and psychological work assigned to each of us involves a frank assessment of our actual situation, an assessment of what's true. It wasn't someone else who pulled the trigger, hit the spouse, embezzled the accounts, lied about the affair, raped the co-ed, cheated on the test, or tortured the prisoner. 
Coming to terms with this is always an aspect of emerging spiritual maturity. This is so for every one of us, every one of us. Step four and five in the anonymous 12-step program's journey into sobriety, health, and wholeness go like this. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. This regular moral inventory is useful as individuals and nations alike. For instance, haven't we been sharply reminded in the midst of pandemic that the United States isn't finished with racism? Sharp shards of racism and white privilege haunt the systems of our national character. These are hard truths. But naming what is holds promise for growing into a better version of ourselves. At Christ Church, we say, and I deeply believe, that loving God above all else and my neighbor as myself is the grounding life mission. The sincere desire to do the better thing, taking the more righteous path, guides the intentions of those who would follow after Jesus. And you know, it's always possible to do that. Each one of us is a free moral agent, and each of us chooses the way we will go in every moment of every day, in every circumstance. We do this a hundred times a day in matters small and large. Part of what drives people into a spiritual community is this yearning to be part of something that draws out of us our better, healthier, nobler selves. I feel that within the Christchurch community, sometimes quite powerfully. It's my belief that humans share a latent longing for attaching to something better, something worth a life's desiring, something that matters, something that isn't corrupt, something wholesome, even holy, ennobling and just. This longing lies at the heart of authentic hope for the future. Now, our circumstance is likely not as extreme as that of the ancient Israelites, who had been in exile for decades and were yearning for release and restoration. But Isaiah's word we heard earlier sounds, sounds really fresh and current to this Advent 2020 moment. Remember, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities. For I, the Lord, love justice. Boy, like I said, that sounds real timely today. Now, you know, Jesus identified himself with this text just as he began his ministry. He quoted these very words as a way to explain his purpose. Those who followed his path were also captured by this hopeful aspiration. I really love that description of those God will raise up. Oaks of righteousness. Oaks of righteousness. They used to be those who were oppressed and imprisoned and mourning but they will become oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. You can sense the, 
the tremendous vitality and strength this image evokes. And you can also sense how crucial such oaks of righteousness are to the upbuilding of sustainable human community. Maybe that seems beyond your current aspirational level. Can you see yourself as growing into an oak of righteousness? That is, as someone who aspires to be a builder of something that actually matters, that's generative and adds a net positive to human community, no matter one's background, no matter the personal corruptions and failures in the past we've all had, that's the promise for those who turn towards the light of God's truth and grace. At minimum, this is an astonishing affirmation of human dignity, that God can take a ruined thing and turn it into a flourishing thing. In Christian lingo, we call the goal of this upbuilding the kingdom of God. That's what we're about at Christ Church. That's what our mission to love God and neighbor leads to, citizenship in God's realm. We can't love God and neighbor and not love God's larger purposes, like bringing good news to the oppressed and binding up the brokenhearted and reclaiming liberty to the captives and loving justice the way God loves justice. Doing all of this requires our holding fast to what is true with integrity and compassion and courage. In this way, we too, in our own day, repair the ruined cities. If we take that as metaphor, we could say the ruined cities of our individual lives, the lives of our families and communities and nation. We are builders of the common good that certainly benefits each of us individually but also anyone who shares our common life, whoever that might be. Inevitably, this impacts the structures of society. How could it be otherwise? The structures of politics and government, business and culture. Imagine our community, our faith community, as a greenhouse for cultivating oaks of righteousness at every stage of maturation. Imagine our children being nurtured with this consciously in mind, that they would become builders of something that actually matters, adding a net positive to the human community, that they came to deeply understand God's interest in human dignity and justice. Considering our children, even the most cynical person can see the common sense logic of this aspiration. What's good for our children is good for the adults and the whole world. But what's the cautionary cliche? The acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. Here's what I say though. The Christ Church community is intent on raising up oaks of righteousness, just like you, for instance. <laughs> it's wild, I know, I know. Think of it. People who can hear the truth, sometimes the hard truth, and in due course do the more difficult thing. They can, for instance, change their minds, take the hands of those with whom they disagree, even abhor. They can bear one another's burdens, bind up the brokenhearted, 
They can release the captives and build enduring structures of justice. Honestly, friends, is there anything, anything more important than this today?